1: NFL fans, welcome back to another edition of the Fans for Sports Network's NFL Draft Recap Show. My name is Jeremy Betts, and I am joined once again by fellow draft nerd, draft nut, whatever you want to call us. It's Andrew Wilbar. We're going to talk some NFC North draft results and recap our favorite selections, best values, and more for every one of these NFC North squads. Andrew, tell us how you're doing, man.
0: Doing well. This division is so interesting with all the movement. Minnesota losing what seemed like half their roster this offseason. Green Bay losing Aaron Rodgers. And now we're all of a sudden talking about this division potentially being between the Chicago Bears and Detroit Lions. Whoa, man. This is 2023, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Right. As they say, a certain somewhere frozen over? I don't know. We're going to talk about that with the Lions being the favorites in this division. It is really crazy. But let's jump into a team last in the NFL standings in 2022 a team that had a lot of issues specifically on the defensive side of the ball and up front on offense did they do enough to address it in this draft they had picks for days andrew but was it enough let's talk about the chicago bears who passed up a superstar potential player early traded back and selected Darno Wright. Just traded back one spot with the Philadelphia Eagles, selected offensive tackle out of Tennessee. Darno Wright, you can't really fault him for it. He's going to help their team tremendously right away. Very interesting selection for them. Very interesting trade out of their first selection. And then in the second round, though, they come back and select a defensive tackle. Jervon Dexter out of Florida. And then another second round pick, Tyreek Stevenson, cornerback out of Miami. Miami. In the third round, they selected Zach Pickens, one of my favorite defensive tackles in the class, out of South Carolina before adding Roshan Johnson and Tyler Scott to the offense in the fourth round, a running back and wide receiver. Noah Sewell, inside linebacker, out of Oregon in the fifth round. Terrell Smith out of Minnesota, another corner in the fifth round. And then two seventh-round picks, Travis Bell from Kennesaw State, defensive tackle, and Kendall Williamson, cornerback out of Stanford, Three cornerbacks in this draft, three defensive tackles in this draft. You can see where they were focusing, but Andrew, let's talk about your favorite selection from the Chicago bears in this draft class. Looks like it was their first round pick. Tell us about it.
0: I'm going to go with Darnell, right? People are knocking what the bears did in the first round. I have no issues with it whatsoever. Mm. they traded back a spot. They didn't feel sold on Jalen Carter. And honestly, yes, the Eagles may have gotten themselves a huge steal, But there is a legitimate possibility that the Eagles are the only spot that Jalen Carter could go to and be successful. If his work ethic is a serious issue and it doesn't improve, you have to question, you know, he's going to be held accountable in Philadelphia. That's why it's such a good fit because of all his teammates there. He's going to be with Fletcher Cox and some other really good veteran defensive linemen. But when he's going to Chicago, I don't know if I would have a piece about Chicago taking him that high. So I felt they did a good job of getting a tackle who I actually had rated as the highest rated tackle in the draft. Will he ever be a left tackle? I'm not sure. I like him better at right tackle. I don't know what Chicago is going to do, but I felt like they did a good job. He was my number seven overall player, getting him at number 10, good value. Uh, The scouting combine during his presser, he was explaining to the media on the platform, like using his body and illustrating it, how pass rushers have three different – Aspects of their game that they can come at you with, all of them do, mm-hmm. and they can only use two, the maximum of two at one time. You cannot do three effectively all at once. That's speed, power, and finesse. And he was explaining, you know, if Will Anderson's coming to me around with speed and he's trying to come around the edge and get low. I'm going to slim up my frame. I'm going to try to slide him to the outside. I'm just going to kind of mirror him around. He's explaining all this. And he's like, well, if he comes at me with power, and I know he's coming at me with power, and his stance is is showing that, I'm going to broaden my stance. I'm going to open up my legs a little bit. And I'm just going to stand right there and try to supplant myself mm. there and not allow him to push me back into the court. I mean, he's explaining all this. He's got it where it counts. People are questioning his work ethic. That Those were claims from back yeah. in high school. I think he's over those. Seeing his tape the past couple years and seeing how he improved, I think that shows the type of player he is. I think he was a great pick for Chicago.
1: When I was doing mock drafts, I had trouble finding a fit for him because I didn't think the Bears could pass on Jalen Carter if he were to follow them at nine. But when they did it, it made Perfect sense because of what they're trying to do. Justin Fields needs help up front, and this guy is going to help them tremendously up front, especially if he just sticks on the right side. They're not going to have any issues on that right side for 10, 12 years. If he's healthy and placed his potential, that is a fantastic pick. You're right. I like it. Andrew, I have a little trouble with your least favorite pick for the Bears here. Because I like me some Zach Pickens out of South Carolina. Tell us why he's your least favorite pick for the Bears. Again, I
0: don't necessarily hate the selection for Chicago. Again, I like their draft overall, so you have to choose someone. But the fact that they had already taken Javon Dexter, I felt there were some edge rushers there. They could have potentially addressed edge rusher. They could have used that position as well. And I'm not faulting them for getting another guy. They need more than one guy in the interior of that defensive line. The cupboard is bare there. So I totally understand the pick. But I believe I had a mid-third-round grade on Pickens. Uh, so it's not awful value, but I did feel it was a slight reach. There were other positions they could have addressed. Even running back at this point, I will talk about another running back in just a second that they did draft. I felt like there were other positions they could have addressed with top-end players there. You could even look at adding a second tight end. There were tight ends there. Wide mm-hmm. receiver they could have gone. I, if I remember correctly, correctly Cedric Tillman was still on the board they end up addressing these in other ways so I'm not following the Bears necessarily for this pick but because they already drafted Javon Dexter I felt they should have gone a different direction potentially edge rusher or line not inside linebacker, but an outside linebacker guy who can play the edge a little bit more yeah. versatility add versatility to that defense so that's why I don't hate the pick but for that reason it's just because he's a slight reach I'm gonna say that he was probably my least favorite selection
1: not selecting an edge rusher was a bit of a surprise for Chicago. They haven't really had a stud one since Khalil Mack. Let's talk about the best value pick, though. Roshan Johnson, the running back out of Texas, is who you had there. Tell us about him.
0: Yeah, he didn't run as fast as what I had expected. I expected him to maybe even run faster than B. John Robinson. But looking at the tape and the way he was utilizing between the tackles is hard to tell. But when you saw him in the open field, he had some bursts. I just miscalculated his speed. I thought he was a lot faster of a running back, but still, in between the tackles, he's a good runner. He has good vision. He has power, and it's it's a testament to a player when Steve Sarkeesian calls this guy the leader hmm. of an offense that also has B. John Robinson in that same
1: backfield. Wow, that's
0: not a knock on B. John Robinson. That is a testament to this guy's leadership and his team first attitude. At the same time, I do realize that Chase Brown and Izzy Bonaconda, I had rated higher but still getting him at this point, running backs just went low overall. And that we're seeing that because of the value of running backs being compromised because there's so many of them, but I think they got themselves a good one. Not that he's never going to be a great running back, but a guy that they can add into that rotation with Khalil Herbert and Deontay Foreman, a guy who I think is going to produce early on. He was a solid pick for the bears in the fourth round.
1: Let's grade it. And then Andrew, what you got for the bears draft class.
0: I'm going to go a minus. I like a lot of their picks. Tyler Scott. Noah Sewell, I wasn't a fan of, but in the fifth round, he's okay value. Terrell Smith could be a steal in the fifth. Don't be surprised if Travis Bell. We talked about the defensive tackles. Don't be surprised if Travis Bell finds a way to make the roster as well. Mm. He's a really talented prospect, really athletic prospect from Kennesaw State. So, I don't really have any complaints with this draft. I'm going to give it an A minus.
1: I give it a B plus just because they passed on my number one prospect in the draft. And, yeah, you have a good point. The Eagles, maybe a, another team that has a more established – organization and a more established leadership set in place than the Chicago Bears probably does make more sense. But still, I think you're passing up a guy who has Hall of Fame potential at defensive tackle. So did they do that in favor of a guy who maybe has Hall of Fame potential at right tackle? I don't know. I would venture to say no, but that's being a little nitpicky as well. When you when you talk about the rest of their draft And what they were trying to do, the goal that they had in mind, I think they did a solid job. So B-plus, don't hate the draft class, but still passing on my top player, trading the pick away to a team who then selected him in that spot, that hurts the letter grade a little bit for me. Let's jump to the Lions, who, for all accounts, could be the favorite in this division And rightfully so, they have put together quite the roster, Andrew. They did take a little flack in the draft, though, for having kind of an unconventional draft class. Let's look at the entire group here before we break it down a little bit. Jameer Gibbs, the surprise pick at number 12 after trading back, running back out of Alabama, taken way earlier than most were anticipating. A lot thought that he could go to them at 18 with their second first round pick, but instead they take him at 12 and then at 18, another bit of a reach Jack Campbell inside linebacker out of Iowa. They stay in the Hawkeye state taking Sam Laporta out of Iowa with their first second round selection, tight end and then Brian branch in the second round as well out of Alabama safety slash nickel corner. And then in the third round, they had two third round picks Hendon hooker out of Tennessee quarterback Great value there. Got to love that. Broderick Martin, defensive tackle out of Western Kentucky. They selected in the third round. Then then you jump down to the fifth round. Colby, Sorsdahl out of William & Mary, offensive tackle. And then finally, Antoine Green, wide receiver out of North Carolina. Who's your favorite of these selections, Andrew?
0: I'm going to go with Sam Laporta. I absolutely love this tight end from Iowa, not because he's just an Iowa tight end, but the fact that he was still able to put up a good five, 600 yards in an offense that was so pathetic. I mean, it was a joke of an offense. Yeah. He didn't really have any production in the red zone, but name a person who would, I mean, you can yeah. look at all the Iowa tight ends of the past with the quarterback play that they had this past year. I don't know any Iowa tight end who would have produced any better than Sam Laporta did. This guy's a good athlete. He's a willing blocker. And I think he's going to get better in that department. If he can add a little bit more weight, just become a little bit more technically sound as a blocker, he's willing to do the dirty work, which I appreciate, but he is the best after catch tight end. He's the most dangerous after Mm -hmm. the catch of any tight end in this draft class. I think he's going to be a starting tight end. He has the potential to be a top 10 tight end in this league. And it wouldn't shock me if he hits that sooner than most people think put him with Brock, Wright, who, by all accounts, was solid after they trade T.J. Hawkinson. Brock Wright is a good tight end. Put him with Brock Wright. You have two really solid tight ends you can use. You can run 12 personnel. It gives the Lions a lot more versatility on offense.
1: Correct me if I'm wrong. He was the second tight end selected in this draft behind Dalton Kincaid. I think even Michael Mayer and other players that had been projected Darnell Washington, as we talked about in the AFC North grouping, he didn't even go yet. So you're talking about a guy you still love this pick, even though he was taken a little bit ahead of where many had him, but you had him higher than than most potentially. So let's talk about their worst pick now. Yeah, for this one,
0: Jameer Gibbs. I don't this is not a, not on him as a player because I think he's gonna ball out in Detroit. He's gonna be mm-hmm. a beast. That is, you know, I really like Jameer Gibbs. If you are a contender in the back end of the first round and all you need is running back, I can understand taking a running back. I'm one of those who believes it is not worthwhile to take a running back in the first round period, let alone as high as they did. I know that there's rumors he wasn't even going to make it to 18, but even at 18, you got to question, you know, do we really need to make this move? Deandre Swift was just not a guy that Dan Campbell ever seemed to like. They want to pound the ball. But again, maybe I'm just too much of a anti running back by committee guy (laughs) to where I see David Montgomery there. I see Deandre Swift. I'm like, why do you have to add another running back? You don't need another running back. But Dan Campbell's proven he wants to run the football. He wants to run it down your throat. He's going to run it some more with, oh, yeah, a little bit more running it down your throat. So I understand the concept of what they're trying to go for on offense. But it was way too high. But I will say one other guy that I just – do not understand was Broderick Martin. I had a seventh round grade on him yeah, yeah. in the third round. just I watched his tape and he just didn't offer, he doesn't offer anything as a pass rusher. So, and he plays with his pads too high in the run game. So if, mm. if you're not going to be good as a run defender, 335 pounds, what is your use outside of being a two-gap defender and taking up space? Yeah, Not a guy you want to take in the third round. So I did not understand it from that perspective.
1: Yeah, to me, my least favorite was, was Jack Campbell at 18 because I thought he was, I didn't even think he was the top linebacker in the class. Yeah. I thought that was Trenton Simpson and then Drew Sanders and then give me Jack Campbell. I could be totally wrong about that. He's definitely a Dan Campbell type player, a big hit stick in the middle of the field. So one thing that's
0: I find extremely unique about the draft specifically for the Lions is that their philosophy was somewhat anti what you would expect for Dan Campbell. Because even though, you know, like you said, with Jack Campbell being, you know, the type of guy he would yeah. like, he's been stating ever since he became the head coach, we want range with our linebackers, we're always gonna take the rangy guy over the big hitter. So ideally, you'd think, okay, well, they'll get a Dan Henley or Trenton Simpson or someone like that on day 2 not That's been the first on Jack Campbell, who they probably could have gotten in the second round. So right. Yeah, you're right, I don't I don't think it was a great selection either.
1: Yeah, let's move on, though, to the best value pick in the class for the Lions and you went with the quarterback they selected.
0: Hendon Hooker. There were talks about him going in the first round. I didn't think he deserved to go in the first round. I didn't have a first right. round grade on him, but when you get him in the third round where you did, I'm not denying that he has starter potential. You give him a year to come back from the injury. You let him sit behind Jared Goff. If Goff doesn't play to the level he did last year and hookers ready to go, you don't have to waste draft capital. You're still going to be set up good in the draft. You are to be able to continue to build around the quarterback and you have your starting quarterback moving forward. Very low risk. If he doesn't work out, It's not the end of the world. It's not like you gave up a first-round pick to get this guy. You still have a first-round pick next year. If your team is absolute garbage this year, you'll have a chance at Caleb Williams, Drake May, Michael Penix Jr., one of the quarterbacks in next year's draft. This lines up really, really good for the Lions long-term, regardless of what happens. Worst-case scenario, I mean, he's a backup who's already experienced. He's experienced a lot of football. He may have a shorter career as a starter if he becomes a starter, but still, in the third round, this is the type
1: of situation you want for Hendon Hooker. I think he landed in a good spot. I agree. Let's grade it, Andrew. I gave it a C plus because I like the players they selected. I just wasn't always a fan of where they selected them. So still think that they improved their team. But I think when you combine it with where the selections were made, it was kind of mind boggling overall. So just kind of one of those drafts that was like, whoa, 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 what's going on here? So I give it a C plus. What's yours?
0: I'm going to go C-minus. Again, it's not awful players, but some of the value is just terrible. I still think they're the team to beat as of right now in the NFC North. They're my favorites to win this division. But overall, I mean, with Brad Holmes coming from the Rams, maybe we
1: now know why the Rams never had first-round picks because they were going to take day <laughs> two prospects with them anyways. So. Everybody's team is different. Everybody's board is a little different. Before we get to the Packers and the Vikings, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, It'll be more NFC North draft recap. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the FFSN NFC North draft recap. Andrew, let's jump right into the Packers and their selections. Packers had an interesting draft as well, passing on some players that we had ranked higher for the selection of Lucas Van Ness, defensive end out of Iowa, another Iowa player going to And NFC North team, they like their Northern boys, sounds like. He's going to be a good player, I think, but I think they did take him a little early. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Round two, though, Luke Musgrave, tight end out of Oregon State. And then another round two selection, Jaden Reed out of Michigan State, wide receiver. Another tight end in the third round, Tucker Craft out of South Dakota State. And then in the fourth round, Colby Wooden. Auburn, defensive tackle, big-time player for... The War Eagle, the Tigers, Sean Clifford, quarterback out of Penn State, goes to the Packers in the fifth round. Another fifth-round pick, Dontavian Wicks, wide receiver out of Virginia. Two sixth-round picks, Carl Brooks and Anders Carlson. Bowling Green defensive end was Carl Brooks. And then Carlson is a place kicker, another Auburn pick for the Packers. Four seventh-round picks, Andrew Carrington-Valentin, Kentucky cornerback, Lou Nichols, the third out of central Michigan, a running back that you really loved in this class. Anthony Johnson Jr., safety out of Iowa State. And then Grant Dubose, wide receiver out of Charlotte. Let's talk about these guys, Andrew. Who is your favorite of these selections?
0: I'm going to go with that running back, Lou Nichols, in the seventh round. I absolutely love this guy. This guy has a chance to be a starting running back in the NFL. People underestimate his explosiveness. Didn't have the greatest offensive line in college. This past year was banged up. Only averaged 3.4 yards per carry on 177 rushes. Not the same guy we saw in 2021. But I'll tell you what, as a workhorse back, played the start all 13 games for Central Michigan back in 2021, 341 carries, 1,848 rushing yards. That's 5.4 yards per carry, almost 350 rushes, which is incredible. 16 rushing touchdowns. He also added 40 catches for 338 yards in the passing game, 8.5 yards per reception. And two touchdowns as a receiver. This guy is a do it all back. He is a solid pass blocker, he has soft hands as a receiver. And in between the tackles, he has patience to the hole. He has decent acceleration through the hole. And when you get in the open field, he's so tough to tackle because he's big, he's powerful, and he doesn't go down Mm -hmm. easily. He's good at fighting through contact. He reminds me of Le'Veon Bell in college before he dropped the weight once he came to the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, He was a bigger back at 230 pounds in college, but still had that patient running style. Lou Nichols reminds me a lot of Le'Veon Bell in that aspect of it. I love this guy. I think he is going to... At the very least, he could either push A.J. Dillon out of a role long-term in Green Bay, hmm. or he becomes – I mean, I think he could become the goal line back as soon as this year. We'll see what happens with A.J. Dillon. But this guy ha- – they've got to find a role for this guy because this guy was the one of yeah. the biggest steals in the draft. Absolutely love this guy. He was my number nine running back in the entire draft. I think he was a steal, and that that's putting it very, very lightly. This guy can do everything.
1: Love the pick. Let's talk about your least favorite selection, though.
0: We're going from the end of the third draft to the beginning. Lucas Van Ness, you mentioned it at the beginning. Yeah. A too early. For a guy that wasn't even a full-time starter at Iowa, taking him this high, I understand the athleticism, and I understand from where Green Bay is coming from, they like bigger edge rushers, even though in their 3-4 system. Van Ness is going to be able to play the run well, and people are comparing him to TJ Watt. I don't see hmm. that. There, there's some lofty comparisons out there for him. I understand yeah. the hype, but both Will McDonald and Nolan Smith were both there. And I felt like both of those were better scheme fits for Green Bay. Yeah. Where Will McDonald went not long after Green Bay's selection to the Jets, but then you had Nolan Smith who fell all the way to thirty. Either of those guys, I would have given right. a much higher grade than Lucas Van Ness. I do not understand that pick as a whole. And if they wanted to go a different position, there were so many other avenues they could have gone. The Ned rusher just does not make sense to me at all. Only time will tell as to what happens with him. But overall. Did not like that, their first round selection at all. Not sure about what they were thinking.
1: I mean, they followed their script. Uh, they don't take wide receivers. They don't take playmakers in the first round. They take defensive linemen. They take edge rushers. They take offensive linemen. That's that's how the Packers work. And then they just bring in a slew, a bevy of those playmakers <laughs> in the following round. So, but let's talk about your favorite value in this class. And it was Carl Brooks out of Bowling Green. Defensive end, defensive tackle. He's got some versatility. To tell us about Carl Brooks.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure where he's going to fit because he doesn't have the longest of wingspan, but, you know, 6'4", 290, 300-pound range. He's yeah. going to float around, you know, in between that five-tech, and, you know, I don't know if he can add weight and play nose for them, but in different sub-packages and odd fronts for them, I think he could be a versatile piece. Even on later downs, he's a good pass rusher. He had, like, 10 and a half sacks this past year, I believe. He's a very productive college player. From the MAC, a conference that, for not being a Power 5 school, relatively competitive. Based upon his play style, it fits what Green Bay likes in their guys. Quick off the snap, guys who are supplanted against the run, have strong bases. For a guy who doesn't have the biggest of frames, he does a good job of not getting pushed around in the run game. But going from the MAC to the NFL is a totally different thing. Not entirely sure how much playing time he's going to get early on, but he does have starter potential. Also considered one of their other draft selections. We mentioned Carrington Valentine later on, but Tucker Mm Craft in the third round, also a really good value for them.
1: Yeah, I think they got two really good tight ends out of this draft class. I really like their two second round selections and their third round selection. Luke Musgrave, Jaden Reed, Tucker Craft. Those three guys are going to help Jordan Love out this year. And I think they can all have a defined role in the offense. And for a Packers team that I think will want to rely on their running game and use that to boost the offense to be the foundation for what they do in the passing game, these three guys can definitely help out. Jaden Reed, kind of a slot-type receiver who can block, physical player. And then the two tight ends, great move tight ends, but you know they, they'll help you in, in the block scheme as well. A lot of 12 personnel, I'd assume, from the Packers in 2023. So, for some of those reasons, I give them, I've been bouncing back and forth between a B and a B minus. I'll ride with the B minus because I like those three picks. But outside of that, it was kind of a meh, not sure how to feel about it draft class for the Packers for a team that is kind of trending down. And we'll see how it turns out in 2023. They needed a big offseason. They didn't do much other than lose a bunch of players, lose some star players, too, if you're talking Aaron Rodgers. So the Packers are are not as good a team as they were last year, and they struggled last year. So it's going to be interesting for the Pack attack going forward. I'm giving them a C. Giving them a C. Tell us why. For 13 picks, they didn't do a whole lot with them. Jaden Reed was a
0: slight reach in the second round. Again, good player, and they got help for Jordan Love, so I understand some of that. But day three selections, Dontavian Wicks didn't like his tape at all. Sean Clifford, don't understand that pick at all in the fifth round. Overall, I just don't understand what Green Bay did. They should have either moved up to get some more high profile picks and trade some of their later round selections. Sure. Or, you know, it, if they stayed where they are at, I have some disagreements as to their philosophy. So not a fan of the draft. I thought they had one of the worst in the league, you know, just being frank.
1: Well, that's that's your job here is to tell it like it is. So now, let's move on to the Vikings. Again, lost a ton of players this offseason. An underwhelming free agency period for them as well. Didn't really add anybody too fantastic of value. But let's talk about their draft because it was interesting. Let's start with Jordan Addison. A lot of teams were thinking maybe they could go quarterback with this pick, but they stick and they go wide receiver, adding to Kirk Cousins' repertoire of playmakers. And Jordan Addison, to me, could be a guy who pairs really well with Justin Jefferson. So two good wide receivers in Minnesota now. Addison comes in to supposedly take on the Adam Thielen role. Let's move on to the third round. Mikai Blackman, cornerback out of USC. And then the fourth round, they selected Jay Ward, safety out of LSU. Another LSU player in Jacqueline Roy. They selected defensive tackle in the fifth round their second, fifth round selection, Jaron Hall, BYU quarterback, and then finally rounding out the group with Dwayne McBride running back out of UAB in the seventh round. Andrew, who's your favorite pick by the Vikings? I'm
0: going to go with another seventh round running back Debo McBride. I really like the selection. I had a day two grade on him. I felt like he is a good runner. He wasn't utilized as a pass catcher in college but he hasn't done anything to prove that he can't catch passes. He just was literally not utilized at all in that aspect in college. I think he will more in the NFL. He has starting potential, not the most explosive of runners, but a good runner, uh, balanced runner, you know, very Mm -hmm. doesn't really have any weak spot in his game. He's good across the board. I feel as if it was probably the interview process that dropped him down draft boards. That's just a hunch. I got to talk to him briefly at the scouting combine. I was at his presser. He struggled talking to the media and it was very unsure of himself. I have a feeling that's probably why he fell as far as he did based on the other running backs that went ahead of him. But this is a guy, if he remains focused and he becomes a more confident runner and more confident just in general, I believe this guy has a chance to be a starter in the NFL. And you can say that a lot about, you know running backs we've mentioned a lot of them not all these guys are going to be but a guy who in the right system could become a starter and you're looking at a team that might be moving on from Dalvin Cook sooner rather than later so I think it was a solid selection for Minnesota where they got him I mean one of the biggest steals.
1: Dalvin Cook could be in a different uniform before the season even starts so Dwayne McBride looking at potentially being a valued member of that backfield like you said sooner rather than later your least favorite pick Mikai Blackton tell us why.
0: It was more just because of the corners that were there. There were a handful of corners I had rated higher than Mm. Blackman available. I don't hate Blackman's tape. I liked him before the scouting combine, and when he went and tested really well, it it just further exposed, you know, this guy is actually a legitimate corner. So I think this guy can be a starter for them in time. Still a little bit raw, not the greatest in zone playing off ball, playing a little bit off the line of scrimmage. But I think overall, still not a horrible selection. It's hard to pick from a team who doesn't have that many selections in general. But it, it, that back in the third, I don't hate the value, but I do feel like they passed on better talent.
1: He's not a big cornerback, but he is a pretty physical player. So that's something that Brian Flores is going to enjoy having him on the team. So, Makai Blackman, let's move on, though, to your best value for the Vikings here in this draft. Tell us who it is.
0: I'm going to go with Jacqueline Roy. I could have easily swapped these two with Wayne McBride and Jacqueline Roy. He's not the most flashy defensive lineman, and he's not the biggest of defensive linemen either but he has the frame he can add a little bit more weight he's going to be a three technique for minnesota they needed to add somebody else and i felt like this was a solid selection where they got him he's going to get an opportunity to play early on they don't have much depth along the defensive line i thought this was a good pick for them in the fifth round Mm -hmm. of course this was originally the raiders pick went to the colts and then to minnesota so it was a well-traveled pick but i think (laughs) this was a nice selection For Minnesota in the fifth round, a guy not extremely high upside, but a guy who can be a solid contributor, a guy who may compete for a starting job down the line.
1: I'd like to get your thoughts before we grade it on Jordan Addison. Do you think he fits this offense? Do you think he's got what it takes as a receiver to compliment a guy like Justin Jefferson? Because there's there's a lot of talk that he was their target in the first round and this guy had to be a Viking. So what do you think about Jordan Addison? I think he
0: has what it takes to be a good NFL player. I don't know if he compliments Justin Jefferson, the best Jefferson's best work comes out of the slot. I'm not sure where you're going to put Addison. I feel like he's going to get bullied. If you put him on the outside too much, each team utilizes their slot receivers differently. Like the Steelers are a team that requires physicality from their slot receivers. So he wouldn't have been a fit for the Steelers. You know, as we both break down the Steelers at steel curtain network. So neither of us were huge fans of Addison for the Steelers necessarily. I think he's a good receiver, but you'd have to question how much of it was him. He had, he went from Kenny Pickett to Caleb Williams in college. I mean, he had the best quarterback play you could possibly imagine in college. I don't know. I think it was an okay selection where they got him. I think there's a lot of upside, but I would not have taken him if I was there. I would have gone defense. I would have gone with one of the corners that were available. Both Deontay Banksy and Joey Porter Jr. were there. I would have taken one of them. They needed corner there. That would have made more sense and then come back on day two with wide receiver. But we'll see what happens. I I just don't know where you're going to play
1: him. Yeah, I wonder if he could fill, you were talking about Steelers, a Deontay Johnson type role on the outside. It will be seen. We'll see what happens with all of these picks. That was the Vikings. We've talked NFC North this time. That's a wrap for this NFC North draft recap episode. Andrew, any final thoughts before we go? The NFC is wide open. The team that wins this division can go as
0: far, really, as maybe the NFC Championship game. I don't know if anyone's getting past the Eagles. Yeah. Detroit Lions, Chicago Bears. This is your opportunity to shine. The division's wide open. Go for
1: it. Go for it and continue to come to FFSN the fans First sports network for all of your sports information podcasts we are your resource center for everything sports thank you for joining us on this edition of the ffsn draft recap show we'll be back with more divisional draft recaps soon have a great day everyone Time be safe stop and check them out.